Welcome to this episode of 115 Miles. In today's episode, we explore body image and what that means to us. Enjoy this one. This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. We hope you're sitting comfortably because this is about to get uncomfortable. How do you feel about uh, you got some stick on the Eminem post? I got one bit of stick. No, it's quite. There's a bit on there. Isn't there? Why is there more? Not, not bad. Actually, some of it's most of it's quite bantery. One of them says, um, "And the award for the most boring." story ever goes to and then just dot 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 oh i didn't see those but they must be pretty fresh no i think it's quite old mate no on the eminem one yeah oh, and then um, i saw the one who was there's like a, there's get, a few get... people that are telling you that the story's wrong what you said's wrong it's not wrong and then there's somebody else going yeah if you buy the dvd it's on there yeah which is that is how true. you know it? yeah yeah you know yeah about it? it's on the dvd but i even said look up this video that battle. And then, have you seen, somebody says, and I don't know if they know that it's a joke, who played Eminem in 8 Mile? And then there's a massive, loads of people have just give really like, fun, like I think they're funny answers. I haven't seen any of these. So like, you know, someone's like, oh, it's Marshall Mathers, and then someone's like, oh, it's B-Rabbit. Mm. Have you not seen it? No, it must have happened in the last... Cause no, I mate. Really? It's not new. <laughs> it's not what do you mean? I said, what do you call new? I'm talking well, in the last 20, How long's it been up? Hours. It's only been up a couple of days. I only it? saw one comment on there, two comments. One was, you could sing me a song anytime from Judy. It's what? Something like she's that. on about you? No, I don't know. Just well, said, she must be on about you. No, I just said you could sing me a song or something like that. I, I bet you followed off your burner account. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Are we rolling? Are we are we live? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how you doing, mate? Well, I'm I'm sort of thinking about who's been trolling me on my Eminem post. I did that. wonder. Where, no, but none of it's like none of them have like had a pop at you really. Most of them are like when you know when a post goes viral like that. So you I'm get only you get them yeah, you I'm get joking. them comments. I'm, I'm a I'm a TikTok star now, isn't it? So so you've seen a couple oh, was it on TikTok? Oh, I was thinking on Instagram. No, it's gone big on TikTok. You know that it's done like half a million on TikTok. What can I say? <laughs> it's real though. It's real. The story. I know it's real. Yeah, yeah. I know it's real. Yeah. yeah. Um, I saw a video today on TikTok, <laughs> and it's this this guy. He's like he's taking the piss out of people that have set podcasts up, and he's like, "Are we under?" And he goes, "Oh no, no, no!" But he goes, "Oh wait, this is gonna blow your mind. This is gonna blow your mind." And then he just starts saying something really ridiculous. He's like, "Castles are made out of stone." But any castle that's 400 years old has normally fallen down, but the earth is made out of stone too. And he's like, and they reckon it's been around for me. You know, he's just talking shit like that. Yeah. And it just reminded me of your Eminem. <laughs> your Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> but how old is 8 Mile? When did 8 Mile come out? I don't know. Two, 2000s, early 2000s. That's mental, isn't it? Yeah, I feel the, old. But that's like 25 years ago. Yeah. Which, is, which lends itself to what we're going to talk about today. What were you doing on the Millennium Bug Night? Do you remember? Do you remember? Were you sober? What, the millennium? Yeah. What, like when, you, the year 2000? 99, 2000 to... Uh, so I, I, I was, I was, I would, in the year 2000, I would have turned 13. 
Oh, man. So I was 12, innit? Mate. I was 12 at the turn of the millennium. Oh, we, but we we went to a I went to a house party. Did you? No, but it was like with my family, with my mum and my stepdad. That's not a house party. What? That's what a family think, gathering. What you think? My you think the family I grew up in did family gatherings? Oh yes, both. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's a fucking house party. Oh yeah, no. Okay. I learned to house I was party there. through yeah, my mum and yeah. stepdad. I wish I was there, man. Oh right. What did you no. do, mate? Yeah, house party. We went to. We tried to get to the Thames to see the fireworks. Yeah. I was with a girl at the time. How old were you, mate? I see 79. I've been 20. Shit, you are old, bruv, isn't you? Older. You are old, Wiser. man. You were 20. Yeah. And I was 12. Yeah. So you're like mid 40s. Yeah. Mate, I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> oh, shit, I'm calling someone. Um, mate, let's. I was then, yeah. Let's start with a check in. What are you sorry about? That I'm older and wiser. That you're old, man. I'm not old, man. Wait, wait till we get into the content. Yeah, I want to chat about it. I'm, I'm gen uh, like, I'm purposely joking about age because I want to get into it today. That's Do you know, though, like that brown skin doesn't crack as bad as your skin. So I'm going to age slower. You're going to catch up to me. Not in age, but in looks. Do you, is that true? Yeah. Like there's some, because fucking- I'll age better than you. So, you know Ian Wright? Yeah. He's 60. I know, man. He's 60? Yeah. So I was watching, you know, he does that thing with Gary Neville and Roy Keane and that. Yeah, yeah. His, he had his birthday on there. Yeah. And he said, this, the black don't crack. Yeah. He looks fucking yeah. insanely yeah. good yeah. for 60 years old. Yeah. His skin is incredible. Yeah. He could. You're be, just trolling yourself now, isn't he it? He could be like, he could be 30. I think he's got like, if you, if you, I, I don't, I'm not dissing Ian, right? I love the guy, but if you look at his frame, it looks you can tell his age a little bit, but if you just took his head, yeah, he could easily be thirty, mate. Yeah, and he don't look no, he don't look no different, does he? Yeah. So laugh away now. You're, I'm, you're gonna catch up to me, and I'm gonna still look youthful when you're looking all shabby. We're gonna talk about it. I don't want to talk about it too much. <laughs> okay. Before we get into that, yeah, yeah, let's do the check-in. I've bought two questions that you've not read or done any fucking research on. I bet you, I have. You have, maybe. So the for the check-in today, <laughs> exactly. For the check-in today, the first one is what have you what have you felt most connected with this month? Yeah, I have done some thinking. So yeah. you you by the way, you had very clear new shit for New Year, didn't you? Yeah, my what, word of the year was attention. Yeah, and the idea was like only to focus on the things I want to focus on. Yeah, which is interesting because I've fucking barely heard from you for the last two weeks, <laughs> and I'm not even joking. <laughs> Uh, I'm casting off the friends I want nothing to do with. No, uh, there was a bit of paranoia around that from me. You know that? Nah, come on. Your word is attention and fucking whenever I ring mate, you, you're like, you mate, just, you got 30 just, seconds. I'm on to the we, next We one. are at that level where we shouldn't have to worry yeah. about that shit. I thought, uh, to be honest with you, I think it was because of your fantasy league. But go, tell me what you feel most connected with. By the way, have you stuck to this attention? Yeah, yeah. What is feeling good? So good, man. So good. Honestly, there's, there's so much benefit um, I'm feeling already. But what I'm also conscious of is that um, something like 91% of people fail their resolutions by the end of January. Yeah. Right? So not everyone, I realized this kind of last week when everyone's going, how are you doing? And normally I go, oh, I'm really struggling with January. And I've been like, yeah, I'm fucking killing it. I love it. I'm doing really well. 
And so I'm just getting on with it now. I don't really want to make a big deal of it. I'm just enjoying kind of the benefit of it. But I'm also realizing that we're, at, you know, right at the beginning, not even one twelfth through the, uh, uh, the year. So I'm just sort of taking it in my stride. But yeah, what's changed is um, how I'm working, being more sort of consistent, trying to change my behaviors around work, not working into the evening. I obviously talked a lot about it last year, about, you know, just working like a bit of a, a, a horse last year. Galloping like a horse or working like a dog? Anyway, one of those Working two. like a horse is a thing as well, isn't it? Workhorsing, yeah. Anyway. Workhorsing. Yeah. So so actually just having evenings now, which means I'm more ready to like go to sleep, sleep much better, more focused during the day. Um, but the thing, like you asked me, like what's what was the question? <laughs> what's got my attention? <laughs> well, not the question. No, what have you felt most connected to then? Oh, family. As a result of this family. Family, 100%. So what, that has, that's changed, has it? Totally. Like you felt the just impact of it. Just being more like present at home. Yeah. Like this weekend, just I spent most of the weekend wrestling with my son, like goofing about, yeah. playing, yeah, yeah. watching movies together, like all of us actually. But yeah, just, just more connected, more listening. Yeah, kicking them out of the living room while you watch a film. Changing from that to actually watching a Mate, film. With let them, so go. Yeah, listen, come with some fresh material. 24. Sorry, mate. Can this be the year where you come with some fresh material? Sorry, mate. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, what about you? No, it's, it, it's similar, man, but for, probably for different reasons. Okay. So because I, I, I finished like a big project at the back at the end of last year, right? That finished and was like signed off at the end of, of year. I've like really... Um, like calmly gone into into January. It's been like a, a like a big shift for me. And I what is the big learning, right? Is that um when things are taking up my headspace, man. Like I don't realize how much they're affecting and impacting me mm. until they're gone. So when I'm released from them, I'm just naturally so much more present when I'm at home. I've been able to like carve out time each week to like, if I have a busy day, because the work that I do, yeah, is so like uh, emotionally involved. When I run, you know, the community space, um, it's always emotionally involved. The breath works, even when I'm delivering sessions to corporates and Uncommon Man, all of it stuff, yeah, it's very emotionally taxing on me. And so I, I have to take like big breaks you know if I have a big day in London doing something in an uncommon man in the evening ideally really Wednesday the next day I need to not be doing anything mm. like just from a like purely like emotional health point of view and January's really allowed me to do that yeah and it's been like really really nice my, my weekends it's improved my weekends because my weekends haven't felt like fucking I, I was getting a bit like the weekends I have to switch off and then all my energy would be drained on the weekends trying to switch off. Mm. Do, you, do you understand what totally, I'm saying? Man. That, I, no, I can. That totally resonates. That's you, what I was. That's what I was doing last year. Yeah. Like, I was just like let me get let me get to um, the weekend, and then Friday would be like it's it's almost like I have to signal it to myself. So that would be takeaway. It might you know what I mean. It might yeah. you know. So it's all whatever way to unwind, and that just doesn't. And I'm not really starting i'm not feeling the need for that in the same way yeah, yeah. Man. and I you're gonna have such a big year this year i mean i think we both are predicting we're gonna have big years this year so it's really important to take these moments 
to recharge when you know you can and when you need them. And I think it's much better to stay topped up than to deplete yourself. Yeah. And then into the red. And then it's so much harder, isn't it? Like, yeah. To come back up from the and red. And it becomes actually like, I always talk about how you've got to be careful believing that you're going to find balance. I, I, you know, I watch people and hear people online all the time saying you need to find balance, you need to get to balance. My life don't work like that. My personality's not like that. That's not who I am. I ain't I don't think life's very balanced, to be honest with you. But certainly for me, I'm not a balanced person. And what was just coming into my head when you was talking then is I've been saying to my wife at home and like it, it, sort of mentioning it to the kids as well, things are going to go up again in February. It's almost like February for me is going to be fight week. And if you listen to boxers in the run-up to fight week, the last couple of weeks mm. before fight week, they're like, nah, sparring stopped now. I'm just ticking over, staying in that mode, resting, making sure that I don't get injured and all that. And I have to almost treat it like that. Mm. Like I've been taking quite a bit of time away from the office, a bit of time away from work with the knowing that come February, it's gonna be fight week, mm. you know? and. There ain't going to be none of that taking time. I'm going to be away a bit. I'm here, there and everywhere again. So like treating it more like that and actually seeing each like moment in life as a individual moment rather than believing that you can reach that place of balance is I think it's really important. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really, really like really solid insight. And for, the, for some people, balance isn't about getting that perfect amount of everything. I think it's just a reminder not to do too much of something. Yeah. Things. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you should always be working towards balance. You yeah. know, if you're balancing, you're not stood perfectly poised on the beam, yeah. are you? When yeah. you're balancing, your arms are doing a bit of that. Yeah. So I think it's about knowing when that arm goes down, you need to counter that and do that other thing. Yeah. Second question for the uh, check-in today, has mm -hmm. is what's something that you haven't paid enough attention to this month? Is there anything? You sound like you're in proper fucking... Zen mode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do feel really relaxed about everything. Um, I think uh, what one thing actually just to say is there's something to acknowledge in that I used to go from having very little organization and freewheeling quite a bit to actually being quite organized now and therefore having more sort of structured sort of meetings with the team and stuff like that put in. So when you look at my schedule, it actually looks like I've got less time, but it's not true. It's just it's just organized and you move mm. through it quickly. So you've you you got to make sure that you don't get overwhelmed or anxious about what you're seeing in your diary. Because I can look at like my next few weeks and go, oh, Jesus, I've got no space. But actually, I've got loads of space. It's just I'm choosing to do the work in the bookended parts of the day and then leave it behind. And so I my space is actually much when I want it, not when. I don't want it. Yeah, and it's almost self-imposed, the, the whole self-imposed deadline stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Which is like what the way that I've been working. So I was in the office yesterday. I could have done the usual, because in, in my mind, for some reason, yeah, when I'm in the office, my head tells me I need to be here till five, really, if it's a good day. If I'm going to have a good day, I need mm. to be in here till five. Mm. When actually what I did yesterday is said I'm going to be here till half two, but still get the same amount of stuff done that I was planning when I first came in here in the morning. Believe oh, right. Yeah, be so you just fight. punched it out more efficiently. Smashed it out yeah. more efficiently. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And then was working to a deadline. Yeah. And that, that's the way my brain works. Yeah. In that final like hour, Yeah. I probably got most of the work done in the first hour and then the final hour when half past two was looming and I told myself I'm going home. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, re I really love the ability to kind of just reframe in the moment. I think that's important. One final thing on what I think has really helped me this year is I've, I've really condensed five days, just to kind of go by what you're saying, I've condensed five days in the business work. So just constantly like whatever you need to do to get stuff done. And I do that Monday to Thursday, right? So I have slightly longer days on some of the days so I can kind of fit in some extra coaching sessions. And then Friday's like an on the business day, no meetings. I just have the partners meeting, which you know, I talked about last year. Yeah. It's a really good kind of place to set up for the day. And then we just have these two windows just to get stuff done that we don't have time to do in the week, but it's more creative. It might be strategic. It might be like just, so it's just, you just enter like Friday more like, oh, you know. Now I know that's a privilege. Not everyone can do that. But I think everybody should find a way, whether if you're working or whether you work for yourself, to kind of, to set, into your weekend in a more intentional way than just to run into it. But it takes management. It's interesting that you say that, right? Because on that, like you said, uh, I know everybody doesn't have the privilege to do it. A little while ago, a few episodes back, we did an episode where somehow, I can't remember what the episode was about, but somehow we got onto talking about like, uh, I think it was me talking about the family home and how we send, we try and get everyone to go back to work very, very quickly and the impacts that that can have on the family. <clears throat> and Deb said to me, um, and we didn't talk about it, but she said the, 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 the anecdote or the, 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 the solution, the antidote to what you were talking about is flexible working. Yeah. She was like, I could work anywhere as long as I was given the grace of flexible working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So actually, I think companies really, the companies that can, because I think when we talk about companies doing flexible working, we don't take into necessarily, we don't necessarily take into account, I don't know, like fucking ambulance workers or something like that who yeah, can't yeah, necessarily yeah. do it, yeah. yeah. But I think more companies, if you want the best people, yeah, you're missing out on a huge pool of people if, you, if you're very rigid in the way yeah. that- I think more, I think modern, modern born companies just sort of bake that into their culture. It's just the, it's yeah. the older ones that like, had to do it during COVID and lockdown and Progressive, progressively tried it and it was met with resistance. Now they're just kind of mandating sort of back in the office three days. There's a lot of mandating back loads. in the office, isn't there? Yeah, what do you loads. think about that? Oh no, it's, it's ridiculous. I understand why some people, some companies want to do it, right? They want to, they want to bring people back together. There is definitely stuff that happens when you're in person together that just doesn't happen in the same way virtually. I understand like things like, serendipitous moments, right? Like when you're not sort of booking a meeting, but you pass someone in a hall and say, hey, what are you working on? I'm working on this. Oh, interesting. I've got this point of view on that. And then suddenly, you know, that stuff happens when you're creating community. What I totally disagree with is this mandate where you go, right, just come in. Because what happens is people just come in and then they're on Zoom meetings all day, right? So actually, all you're doing is extending their day, putting more pressure on them, putting more cost on them. Whereas if you say these days that we want you to come in, we want you to use it as a way to cre uh, be creative with each other, to um, connect with each other, to kind of build bonds, to ideate, to iterate with each other. Great, they're not gonna be spent sort of doing virtual meetings. That takes effort and no one's really doing that. They're just saying, come back into the office and you know, do that. Not everyone, but most are just sort of saying, we need you in three days a week. And the reason they do that is an inherent lack of trust of their employees. Mm. That's it. They're saying, we don't trust you to work at home. We think your productivity is messed up because you're watching Netflix or whatever, which is bullshit. So come into the office. If it's bullshit, just to play devil's advocate a little bit, right? If it's bullshit, 
where, where what, what's making them? What you just think it's just a lack of trust? You don't think they've got any evidence? Oh look, there's to always there's always going to be people that play the system, and there may be truths that uh, that people um, uh, aren't as productive at work. But you're not like just because you're in the office doesn't mean you're more productive. Doesn't mean you're not looking at I don't know fantasy football scout when you should be working, right? Yeah. Doesn't mean you're not yeah, yeah, like yeah. watching Netflix. Doesn't mean you don't take an extended lunch break. Like. It happens wherever you are. So just to say that you're suddenly going to be perfect in the office or not, it's, it's a false narrative, right? It's inherently about trust. If you trust your employees, you treat them like adults, you don't, you don't have this parent-child relationship, but you trust people and you nurture them to kind of be accountable and responsible. And the ones that don't will get outed by their colleagues. You don't, mm. need, to, you don't need to worry about them. Their colleagues will out them. Yeah. It's interesting that... Um you say you don't, you shouldn't have a parent-child relationship with them. And then for me, you described what you're saying was the opposite to a parent-child relationship. And I actually think that's how a parent-child relationship should be. Not, I could say I'm going off on a massive tangent. Oh there. yeah, well, so, well, just explain that. So I, I'm, I'm gonna butcher what you just said, but you said it shouldn't be a parent-child relationship. It should be about like uh, having trust in them, empowering them and nurturing them into becoming and being what they're supposed to be, right? right. Which. It, it just shows a very, um, I think it's like a Western way of what, how we look at children, right? We think, what's... Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's a whole, by the way, it's just, I'm spinning off and coming, going down yeah, another rabbit hole. Language is really interesting though, yeah. But yeah, but it's really, uh, it, it really, I think what it... it what I meant, I guess what I mean is you shouldn't infantilize adults. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, the point of what you were saying was interesting, but just when I was listening, yeah, yeah. it set off another fucking yeah. triggered another yeah. conversation that we don't have time for today, Has. Yeah. Uh, I've brought a couple of uh, questions before we get into the main topic today. Um, I like this first one. I'm interested to this with you. Right. Here's, here's, here's an assumption. Here's a judgment I'm going to make of you. Tell me if it's right. I don't imagine you've had too many different looks throughout your life. Radically different. No, I think you're probably right. Not radically different, yeah. So the question is, what's one look that you've had throughout your life that makes you cringe now? Uh, it could just be like a haircut yeah, or- Yeah, there's or, two. And they're both haircuts probably. Wait, can I guess what one of them is? Go on. If it's a haircut. Go on. Flat at the front, spiked at the back. What's that? Like, you know when everyone like had their hair- Oh. The sort of like the jowled bit. down to the side at the yeah. front and then spiky from about halfway back along the head. No, that sounds awful, but uh, it was something similar. But no, I had, I had two embarrassing moments. When I was in school, probably around 13, 14, my hair was pretty thick. I know you might not believe that now. <laughs> it was pretty thick. And so I grew like my hair long like curtains. And I had an undercut. Undercut. Everyone had the undercut, innit? Yeah, yeah curtain. I don't know. I just didn't have to look for it, you know? <laughs> have that, you got any I was a bit, of that? No, I don't. Do you know the thing is that I don't really have many photos from... Same, man. I don't have any, like, man. Um, when I was like a teenager. Well, I you suppose keep, they didn't you have keep bringing out that then. one, don't you? Every, every, have... every year you're sober, you bring out that was, one. Yeah, but I was 20 in that, innit? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I got nothing from... No, like, no. Even my... Tw like, not too many from the 20s. No. It's really weird. Um, but the, the look that makes me cringe when I think about it, right? So this was probably, I don't know, like, uh, yeah, early 2000s, right? So I was in young 20s, right? I had these like really long, thin, shaped sideburns. <laughs> had a goatee. Yeah. Yeah. 
And what, the, Beppe DeMarco go to? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> maybe George Michael, probably. Yeah, maybe a bit George Michael, fast love era. I don't know, maybe not quite, maybe something in between. And then I had like a Hoxton Finn as well. What's a Hoxton Finn? So it's a bit like what you were talking about, where it was kind of like... Like like a mohawk? Kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. it was like a thing. But then the other thing was... I was in like a supervisory job, which I took, you know, I've always taken work pretty seriously. So I had that sort of look, but then I used to wear these shirts and like tucked into trousers and I worked in a record store, so it really <laughs> didn't, didn't belong. But the, but the shirts had a bit of a, a sheen to them, you know? Oh yeah. That sort of purpley, oh, no, metallic. Did you wear Ivitsu jeans? No. What? I, Never. No. No. You strike me as an Avitsu jean no. person. I, I did. Um, Not your era, maybe. Blue Bolts for a while. Do you remember them? No. Yeah. Did you have spliffy jeans? No, but I had like a spliffy like uh, record bag. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. And, and a naff naff jacket. Naff naff, yeah. <laughs> and I had. Uh, oh, what was the. Uh, oh, I used to be a shot. Do you remember Shot? Yeah. I had a shot. That's jacket. still about though, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the shot I'm still jacket. like. Relatively highly thought of. Well, it was my, it was my. So you know my choice. My yeah. What was yours? Probably. So the interesting thing here, right, is it, in my adult life, I've never had enough money to be able to do anything with my clothes. Yeah. So like, when I was drinking, I you know I've had kids since I was eighteen, since all my adult life. So the sort of any money you get sort of goes there first. So I've never really, as an adult, been able to be into fashion until the last couple of years. Mm, mm. Um, You've changed a lot since I've known you. Yeah, so the, my most cringe look is when I first left my job at the factory and started working in the corporate environment, because I had no money, Yeah, fucking no money. Mm. Uh, I, I, I had a pair of, like I, I wore Primark clothes, right? Like whatever they add in there is what I would have to wear, really. So Still it wearing be, it. I used to, mate, this is a fucking Versace <laughs> bad boy. This I know, I know. Uh, I've been getting battered for this in the gym changing room earlier. Have you? Yeah, they said I look like a box of roses. <laughs> <laughs> I can't unsee that now, man. Uh, um, so, but... What's your favourite rose? Uh, I get one, mixed up, man. The what purple one? The, the purple one? You know the purple one with the bit of nut in the middle. That's Quality Street, isn't it? No, no, it's roses. Is it? Or the or the triangles in? Shit, I'm getting mixed yeah, up. But definitely the sure. purple ones in. Uh, yeah, the purple roses. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just want to shut me up so you can talk about your clothes, right? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, yeah, no, on. because I can't. I can't think of the difference. I okay. like the green triangles as well, but that's Quality Streets, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think. I it don't is. like that none of them come in tinfoil anymore. Mm. I'll fucking say that, mate. Mm. Um, so yeah, I used to wear chinos and then, um, listen, I thought that people that worked in the corporate environment looked like people off The Apprentice, so genuinely. So, I, you know, I bought a fucking, do you remember my brown satchel? I bought like a brown leather satchel. That, <laughs> Did like, you? Yeah, oh, shit. like laptop satchel because I thought you couldn't wear a backpack. <sighs> uh, so yeah, that's probably m my most cringe. I had an Echo tracksuit when I was when I was Joshy C in UK Method. Mm. Uh, and then obviously I was a, when I was 13, I was a punk rocker. So I went to my prom with massive, good, you know the band Good Charlotte? Yeah. Massive spikes, about that big. 
Yeah? Yeah, and a pinstripe suit. That's no way. Yeah, that's how I went to my prom. Oh, I would love to and see And then shortly like after my prom, I shaved that into a massive mohawk. Did you? Um, at one point, I bleached my hair. It was quite long, and I bleached it and dyed one side blue and one side red. I've never dyed my hair. Never coloured my hair. Really? No. Whatever? No. Not Yeah, no. I was like... Yeah, I was. I I dyed it loads when I was a teenager because I thought. I, I think if I if rock. I could go back, go back in time, I'd do things a lot differently. I'd Did be more experimental. I, I thought you be I cared. Experimental now. I, oh, I t well, we could get into that, but yeah, no, I think I think there's certain things you do when you're younger, right? Yeah. And I think. I would have experimented more with my look. Cause when I just, did when did you get into Foo Fighters and that? Foo Fighters is probably. Yeah, probably like mid twenties. So like, you didn't start dressing grunge then. I've never really dressed grunge. So when you were gonna like, when you asked me like, uh, later on, people that I admire, it's like I I've never really I like the music. I've never really I've always felt a little bit inauthentic. What liking the music? Dressing like I like the music. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So you've always stayed middle of the road when it comes to. I probably stayed in a lane of it. No, I f no, no, no. I think um, I'm very comfortable with my style. I don't feel like I've ever tried to emulate anyone, but. Oh yeah, you just fucking set trends. I do, man. I'm, more, I'm like a Jay-Z. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I never really, I think like, I never thought I could really pull off like the skater look, but I always like it. Yeah. I wanted to plug my ears when I was a kid. Did you? Yeah, I'm fucking glad I didn't. Yeah. So I proper wanted to plug them. Yeah. Yeah, and all the tattoos that I wanted when I was... Yeah. Yeah, no, I was proper baggy jeans, chains, <coughs> vans, trainers. See, yeah, that's... that's skater trainers. I, just... I carried a skateboard that I couldn't ride. Oh, did you? Oh, so that's, <laughs> that's what put me off, man. I thought, oh, you got to be able to skate if you're going <laughs> to... No, I couldn't have skate, look. mate. And I, could never, I, I was an inline skater at one point. I was fucking good at it as well. We used to go to the skate park and it. Well, that's all right. Yeah, but I wanted to be a skateboarder, innit? Why didn't you? What? Skateboard. Because I couldn't do it. Oh, you tried and tried? Yeah. Didn't work for you? Yeah, and I always like, when I was younger, yeah, throughout a lot of my life, I've always had somebody that I really looked up to that I thought was really cool and I would like try and be like them a little bit. So there was- In the public eye? Or just someone around you? Uh, no, someone around me, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, like a peer who yeah. I thought was like, really cool and I'd try and be like them to the point of like changing my accent, using similar words to them and stuff like that, yeah. You've done that with me, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, this is interesting question. Um, what famous people's looks do you love but could never pull off? Is there anybody that you look at and think they look, they look banging like that but I, I could never pull it off? Uh, Pharrell. I know it's kind of obvious, man. Like Pharrell, I think just, for me is the, like I'm not looking at someone that is not like Yeezy. Like that's not, that's not for me, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But like Pharrell's just always been ahead of the curve. Looks good, stylish. Um, can kind of like be comfortable in a big, like in a fashion show, doing his own thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. A lot of color, a lot of like creativity. Again, it's one of those things where you think you got to like. I feel like like if you creatively express yourself through your clothes, it's a, like a it's a, and your outfit like it's a brilliant thing. 
Yeah, I agree with that, man. I like that. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna you. Um, who's your man off that film that I just watched, where it's all underwater? <laughs> oh, Jason Momo, is Jason it? Jason Momo, or is it Momoa? I don't know. Momoa, <laughs> is it? Is it Momoa? <laughs> oh, Jason Momo. Uh, I don't know. It might be Momo. I be think. Fair. Is it? But Momoa? Him? Is it Jason Momoa? Uh, Momoa. That's what I said. You just heard it wrong. Oh, oh, oh what? That's that's old Jason Momo. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should change his name to Jason Momo. Um, him. You know, like. Do they have to have long hair? No, no, okay. no, no. But like, he, he, like, I seen him once, and he was wearing just like a waistcoat, slightly undone, with like a load of, I think it might have been beads or chains around his neck, and like one of those leather things on his wrist and that. And I thought, man, he fucking, he looks cool. But can you imagine if I turned up here in just the waistcoat? Oh, really? <laughs> with nothing underneath. I will walk straight out of here. And it was. <laughs> that. And I also. Well, he wasn't wearing a shirt or anything. Just no, no. It was just it. it, it it's not a waistcoat. It's like a sleeveless thing. I don't like? know, man. And then I saw... Um, what's the lead singer of Red Hot Chilies? Anthony Key. Yeah, he <laughs> Now I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> yeah. But I see him in yeah. a pair of dungarees yesterday. With oh, nothing, yeah, posted with nothing that, underneath. Uh, he looked cool, man. That was a long time ago, right? He looked cool, yeah. But like... Yeah, I see stuff like that. And I'd be tempted to try it. But all of this kind of lends itself nicely um, to where I want to go uh, with today's episode. I'm going to read this to you. It says, research suggests that girls are more likely to be dissatisfied with their appearance and their weight than boys. In this survey, 46% of girls reported that their body image causes them to worry often or always compared to only 25% of boys. Like... The question I've written here is, do you think that adds up? I, I so it's, that is saying that only one in four boys or men. When was that survey done? Do you know? Have you got the stats there? N uh, you, might, you might not. But no, I haven't. The yeah. next survey, it may have been off the, the, the website, but I think this is like a 2019. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think there's a few things, right? I think depending on who was surveyed boys still do this bravado thing where they will say something. Even that, in the survey. Yeah, 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 they'll say something that they don't actually mean. I think the other thing is that there's, you know, there's a, and this may, we may come on to this late, but there's an incredible amount of pressure on girls from a much earlier age yeah. around their look. So it's just baked into their psyche and their social circle and the peer pressure and all that sort of stuff. So it's just going to be more prevalent. What I do think is, I think it's changing. I think it is changing. I think... Um, there's more pressure on boys to look a w certain way, to be a certain physique, like to that, like you used to maybe just be you're good at football and you're, and you're good looking or you're smart or whatever, and you know, you'll be all right. But now yeah. you've got, you have to show up and you have to look right and you have to, you know, dress well and all that sort of stuff. So I think certainly on social media, you see that there's a lot more, there's a lot more sort of boys and young men like who are, talking about grooming and looking after themselves and all that sort of stuff. Then. What, um, if I was to ask you the question um, uh, about your sort of body image or what you see, let me ask, let me put it this way. When you look in the mirror, are you happy with what you see? I got cool. <laughs> I can imagine you doing that as well. <laughs> cool. Um, no, 
ever. Not, yeah, I mean, I, look, I don't look at it and beat myself up. But don't it, you? No. What, you never look in the mirror and think, mm. um, I don't know, fuck man, I'm fat. Yeah. Or like, uh, yeah, I don't know, any kind of hang up. I don't really do, I don't, look, I don't necessarily, I don't know that I do that, but I don't not recognize that I, there's things I want to fix about myself, right? But I don't, I don't really do negative, we've talked about this, I don't have like voices in my head, like in the same way that I think other people do. I don't do a lot of negative, like beat me up self-talk. I do look, I do look at myself and I go, you're out of shape and you know, like what are you going to do about it? But I don't like do negative beat me up self-talk in the same way that I think a lot of other people might do. Have you got a voice in your head? Yeah, everyone has a voice. No, they don't. Really? No. Fucking get this, right? I don't know the percentage. I might even look it up now. Um, there's a high percentage of people that don't have a voice in their head. So they don't think in words in their thoughts. What? Wait, let me Google oh, this. Let, let, let me Google this because um, how many people think with words? It, it, this will blow your mind, by the way. Uh, research by child development theorist Linda Kerger Silverman suggests that less than 30% of the popula population strongly uses visual spatial thinking and the other 45% um, and 25% think exclusively in words. And then there's some in the middle, right? There's a, yeah. I think I'm in the middle. Yeah. But, but some people don't think in words at all. But I don't understand what that means though. Like, so you don't say, so they won't go, no, it, I, I can't get my fucking head around it. <laughs> I my, can't. So my brother-in-law, yeah. like I say to him, you know, the voice in your head. And he's like, no, what are you talking about? And I was like, do you not like, I was like, when you think of something, do, like there's a voice in your head talking, right? And he's like, no, 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 no. I don't think in words at all. And I'm like, what? See, um, I don't, I can't understand that. I can't comprehend I can't, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got about eight the, voices The thing is though, head, I bro. think, I think, I think like, when you say a voice, right? Give me an, try and give me an, try and verbalize when, what a so voice might be. When you're tell. talking now, yeah. there's something in my head going, oh, he's going to fucking ask me to try and like vocalize what I mean when I say a voice in my head. Yeah. And that's ahead of when I said something, right? Yeah. 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 That's going on while you talk. When I look in the mirror, yeah. Like, I will hear myself be like, fucking hell, man. You need to fucking sort your eating out. You need to do something. Yeah, I have a voice. I don't, can't, I don't, can't, I just can't believe, no, but I can't believe people. Mate, check that. it out. I've done one. Oh, well, I'm, I believe you, I believe there. you. But, but yeah, but like it's, it's, and it's way, it's a much higher percentage of people than you think. Like it's not a rarity. I do believe that there are. Do you, excuse me, I've forgotten your name. Praveen. Praveen, do you think in, in words? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's not helped the course. I was hoping no, to say no. Yeah. But, I do know that there are some people that just, just glide through life and they don't do a lot of reflection. Yeah. So there's someone I was listening to on a podcast. I can't remember what it, it's called. I think she said it was something like meta thinking. So you think about your thinking, which is what you're sort of almost pointing to. So like, like if you say, oh, I'm, you know, right. Okay, this is, we're going into the matrix here, right? But let's say you just said, uh, you thought that uh, you were thinking, oh, he's going to ask me to vocalize, right? Meta thinking is th thinking, why did I think that? Why did I think he was going to ask me that? Oh yeah, In but I moment. think I do that. Yeah. I think about five or six different things at once. Yeah. Often. That's why I'm able to like, when I do, like people say to me, ah, oh, like any tips for when I'm public speaking? And I'm like, don't take tips off me. I just fucking stand up there and start talking. 
which I wouldn't advise anybody to do, but like mm. I can be talking and have a paragraph ready to go of what I'm going to say while I'm thinking about the next thing that I'm going to say while oh, also no. um, while also organizing what I'm about to say to make sure that I check it and that it's going to land with everybody and do I need to like uh, give any other little side points to each of the things that I'm about to say while I'm still thinking about what I'm going to do later. See, this is really interesting conversation. I know we're going off topic here, but this is really yeah, interesting because when I'm in a room, right? Yeah. I, I say I put a lot of like my sixth sense, I talk yeah. about it a lot, right? Like I can pick up energy, I can pick up people, people like where, like empathy, compassion. I, I sort of, I really read the room, right? But I, I sort of almost lose track of what's, like I can't do what you're saying. I almost like in a moment, I need to sort of step out of that and just, and, and so I might lose a little bit of what's being said by the speaker or something just because I'm sort of keeping an eye on the upper room. But what you're saying is you're constantly able to juggle what's about to happen, which is a, such a rarity. Most people can't do what you just said. Yeah, but, but and so here's, here's what I believe about that, by the way, while we're here. <clears throat> I believe I have like, you call it sixth sense, it's intuition, right? We're talking about sensitivity, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. We're talking about the ability to be able to sort of uh, tune into whatever people are thinking. Then if you slap a massive dollop of trauma on that. So I grew up in an environment where I was constantly hyper vigilant, right? So I was trying to read what was going on with my mum, my dad, like, how do I need to be? How do I need to show up? That sort of walking on eggshells um, atmosphere that I grew up in trained me to do that, right? The way that I have learned to gain control over that, right? It's not a coincidence that I've become a speaker, somebody that controls the room, is because one of the ways that I control that overwhelm of being so in tune with everybody is if I become the center of attention, then I am controlling the room's thought. So it's, it's a safety mechanism that I use. Mm. When I'm feeling nervous, when I feel overwhelmed by being over-tuned into people, mm. I've learned to become the center of attention, so to control them. So when I go to a speaking gig, there could be hundreds of people there. And when I'm waiting to go on, I'm anxious, I'm nervous, I'm fucking overtuned into everybody. The moment I stand on the front of the stage, people go, you do get anxious. And I'm like, the moment I get everybody's attention, my anxiety goes, mm. I'm in control. And I am now going to be the person that leads the way that they think and feel. Mm. Does that make sense? Totally. Uh, I remember reading about um, presentation anxiety once. And one of the things you can try and do to trick your brain is because what when you go onto a stage and you're not particularly accomplished or you're not someone like Josh Connolly, what happens is um, you walk on and you think, all, all these people are looking at me. So mass to one, right? So I'm intimidated and I'm feeling overwhelmed. If you just inflect that um, perspective and you go, I'm looking at everyone, that's what you're saying, right? You're saying, I've got the power, I'm commanding court, I'm looking at everyone. You trick your brain into thinking everyone's looking at me and wanting me to fail to, I, this is my audience, I'm looking at, yeah. I'm looking out at everyone. Yeah, yeah, but also, I'd go, I think I, I would take it <laughs> a step further and say, you don't just trick your brain, but if you, if you, Embody you understand, and yeah. if you understand the energies of the world that we live in, in that we're not really separate, if you zoom out and look at the world through the lens of the size of the universe, yeah, I'm not really separate from you. And so if I not only trick my brain into believing that I'm in control, once I am in my mind in control of the room, then I'm creating that energy within the room to be in control of the room as well, right? Oh, that's Oh, mate, let's start a podcast. That's <laughs> oh, this is going to blow your mind. Let's start a podcast. <laughs> we always get that leveled oh, at us really. as well. Uh, 
I've lost my space on here. So, so, so you care less, right? But, but, but the hanger, where I wanted to go with this. Um, I don't care less, sorry. I care a lot, but I think what I've really tried to move away from is shaming myself. Yeah. Um, and understanding like that there's a, there's a journey. So when I, look at, when I look at myself in the mirror, of course I, you know, I'm, I'm getting older, as you keep reminding me, <laughs> right? Every time we see each other. Um, uh, and you, and the thing that gets me is like I'm I'm starting to be, be more cognizant of age now, like because like I feel like not I don't want to get morbid, but like there's only a certain amount of time I've left yeah. on this earth, so the yeah. physical manifestation of that just reminds me of it, right? And then um, the reason, genuinely, the reason I want to get fitter this year with through attention it uh, the i want to look good i'm not going to pretend that i don't want to look good and yeah. be in shape i want to like be in good shape um and i want to look good but that isn't the primary factor the primary factor for me is like being strong to be here longer mm -hmm. that's it really and but I don't. I don't want to lie and pretend that's the only reason because I want to be here for my family because that's bullshit. Like you, you, yeah. you want to look. You want to look good as you get older, and uh, so so I do look at myself and go, okay, you know that you need to work here or you need to work on that. Yeah. You need to work on that. And men are like so. Let me just caveat what what we're sort of talking about as well by saying I feel as like as men we are quite lucky, right? Because men, generally speaking, age quite well. If you look at teenage boys they are fucking gross looking yeah my, when i'm like my boys coming out of school and all the teenagers like and when you see a picture of yourself when i see a picture you of myself, men improve like, with age is that what you're saying like um, a fine wine it, it, yeah Not a little all. bit a little bit like women i feel like <clears throat> women are under a lot more pressure yeah to like to stay looking young but i think it's sort of shifting that, that, that this is coming in for men as well. Yeah. But but I know that I believe, I feel like in my head, and it's slightly different for me because I was a raging alcoholic addict, so I looked different. But I, I think a lot of men look better in their 30s than they did potentially in their 20s. Yeah. Yeah, and certainly than they did when they were like 15, 16. I was yeah. like spotty and horrible and yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Um. That said, in, in recent years, yeah. I fucking worry about the aging process, man. Uh, quite, quite a phys lot. Physical. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Like I worry that I'm starting to look old. Yeah. And like my hairline, I obsessively talk about my hairline at home. You're always gonna have hair, man. Like you're just, there are some people that are born in life that, that are gonna die with hair on their head. Well, I worry, yeah, because Mr. Gill, he fucking, uh, it, the art teacher at my school, yeah. <laughs> you said like Mr. Gill, like I should know who he is. People know Mr. Gill, yeah. yeah. Mr. Gill had a banging ponytail, but his hairline started behind his ears. Uh, and I don't want to be Mr. Gill, mate. Yeah. Would you have, so I think you may have mentioned it on the podcast before. We've certainly talked about it. Do you get hang up about your hair? Yeah. If money wasn't an object, yeah. would you have a hair transplant? Yeah. 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 It's the Same. one thing, it's the one thing I would very easily and happily go ahead and do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been, I think it's been destigmatized quite a lot. 
Right. It's pretty normal now, yeah. isn't it, to get it. Like, like I don't think nobody would be like, see, like, even ten years ago, yeah, we wouldn't have even talked about it on a podcast. No. Would you get a hair transplant? Yeah. It would be like if you did, you'd have to go away for a bit like you, however yeah, long yeah, it yeah, is yeah, healed. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but like, it's yeah. it's more normalized now. But yeah. So, do you worry about your hair? I'm putting you under pressure. No, a no, bit. no, no. I don't feel under pressure. No, look, I don't, I don't worry about it. Right. So my 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 two things are at some point. I'll have to admit defeat and either go Bruce Willis, which I've tried a few times and I, I couldn't quite get used to it. Yeah. So I think the thing is with that sort of look is you just do it and then that's it. And then it becomes your look, right? Whereas I never allowed myself to get used to it until I let the hair grow back. Um, or you go and get the plugs done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I would get it done, man. Yeah. Is there any other, go on. What were you gonna say? Any other plastic surgery? Yeah. Nah. You wouldn't. Why not? No, I, because I, I don't like the plastic surgery look. No, I don't. Also, on 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 men or women. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah. Look, I think some there's a lot of money out there, and some do it a lot better than others. I think though, there's people that just it almost becomes an addiction, right? Yeah. And then it's like it just keeps going and going, and then you put, you hit the tipping point where it used to look good, and now it just looks just. It like looks plastic, right? Yeah, I don't like that. Now, no judgment. It's just not for me. Yeah, yeah, right? of course. Because like, I think, like, you know, the thing about it is, what look, a lot of the people that we see is in the public eye in the movie industry, right? And what they're doing is they're prolonging their careers because they have a very, yeah. There's evidence points to, particularly women, you reach a certain age, and then what happens is you stop being a leading lady, right? But the leading men. They still be kept being leading yeah. men, right? Yeah, yeah. And what yeah. happens is they start to what they what they've got what Hollywood's got wise to now is they used to put like I don't know an Al Pacino with a twenty year old, you know. Now they'll put Al Pacino who's like seventy eight or something, right, with a forty year old woman or a forty five year old woman, who, um, but that that then basically is basically telling the women in the age range between that, that you're sort of obsolete. So there's so much pressure on women mm. to continue to look Not just young. in the public eye, I think in general as no, well. No, 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 like, I'm, I'm giving yeah, but Hollywood that's like as an a, example. That's Hollywood's that's like, an yeah. example, yeah. But um, no, it's not for me. It's not for me to like uh, do anything else. But you, you did ask me, have I done anything else? And I don't know if you remember, um, but um, I used to have my canine yeah, tooth was was yeah. high up in my gum, right? And the tooth behind it was 180 degrees the wrong way. So I basically had a fang, right? And so when I used to smile, it just used to like pop out yeah. and then my lip would get stuck on <laughs> it. So then I'd stop smiling. So then I just got really self-conscious about, I would never have done this. I remember, this. yeah, because yeah. you wouldn't sit in the, whatever side it was. You didn't want to sit Correct. when you did the podcast, yeah, because yeah. you could see it. Yeah. But you, so you had a brace thing and I did the Invisalign and yeah, and like it took a long time for me to kind of admit that I wanted to do it. And- Are you <clears> white in them bad boys as well? Nah, 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 nah. Your teeth are very white, aren't they? So I roll. I asked my dentist about whitening <clears> as well. Yeah, you do that. But let me finish this, right? Cause so I did it and it's, you know, I've, I've had it for almost a year and a half and I'm coming to the end of it. And uh, I shifted on this podcast the minute I started to feel more confident about my smile. And it isn't, I do like the way my teeth look, but it just, there was something inside me that, that made me think, oh, these are like really ugly gnashes, right? What's really interesting is as I've, as I've talked to friends and stuff and they'll go, oh, I never noticed it. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think I I only noticed it when you told me about it. Yeah. you're having it done a, a movement, but it's interesting because, like the plastic surgery. When I say plastic surgery, by the way, I'm putting Botox and shit like that. Yeah, in, I know. In, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, the same thing. Yeah, um, but you had your teeth like. You had a hang up about your teeth, innit? So you got your teeth done. You said yeah. that you would like consider your hair, like if money wasn't an object or, do you know what I mean? When you look at it in that way, I've got this, you, you know, this big dent here that I've yeah. got. It's a, I call it a trauma line because like in my hair. A lot of frowning, yeah? Yeah, like I, my resting face become an angry one as like a protection thing when I was younger. So there's something like quite uh, beautiful about knowing that it is that, but I also, it's fucking horrid as well. I'd have a bit of Botox in there to get rid of that, I would. Would you do it? Um, probably, probably isn't it as much like a part of your identity as your tattoos about your life? Yeah, yeah, probably. But I, I am also, I also get conscious of it. I get conscious of my teeth now. So I asked about having them whitened. But it was interesting because, um, I said to Leah, I just want my teeth to be as white as yours, as in hers. And then so she made me go and stand in the bathroom and like right next to her and put our teeth right next to each other and look at them in the mirror. And they're the same. That's what I'm, that's but the I, point. But yeah. I see them as being really quite that's yellow the, in my mouth. That's the point I was trying to make. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The, like it's the narrative is so much louder in your own head about this stuff, right? Yeah. For us and for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Right? For people in public eye or for, you know, like I'm not I'm, I'm not saying that people don't judge people because we've talked about how <laughs> that is very true, yeah, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. But, but I just think what I was thinking and what what held me back was the voice inside my head. Yeah. The voice. The voice, yeah. Yeah, that you, that not everybody has. It's, it, it, it's interesting because mm -hmm. I think, I think a lot of men do I'm I'm, I'm I'm actually surprised that you don't negative self talk about the way that you look as much. I, I thought you'd be like, no, I fucking. I thought everyone when they look in the mirror just fucking batters themselves. I look in the mirror. I look in the mirror, yeah, a lot. And when I was younger, I know you do. Yeah. So when so I, I've I've always looked in the mirror a lot. And when I was younger, I knew I used to get caught doing it a lot. And I was seen as somebody that looked in the mirror a lot. So I would vibe it out as like acting like I'm fucking really self-confident. Yeah? yeah. But when I'm look, I look in the mirror a lot from a place of less than. So I'm constantly just checking that I don't look fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And like, you know, if I have to, you know, when I get out of the shower and stuff and you stand in front of the mirror, I'm, I'm never... I've never ever stood there and thought you're fucking doing all right, you are. I don't do that either, right? Not in an arrogant way, but I mean, I've yeah. all, what I mean is, I always stand there and think, "Fucking, you're belly man." I, I think to myself, "You go to the gym every fucking day, and look at you." That's that. That makes me sad, man. Yeah. Just because I, do, I, do, I, do, and maybe I needed a bit more of that, and I would have got in shape much sooner. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe I've got it wrong, but I just don't. I just think, uh, certainly in the last few years, I just f forgave myself quite a lot around mm. how much pressure I was putting myself on uh, to do so many things. Yeah. And everything's a journey. Like, what I have said to myself is, I want to, like, I'm going to be 45 this year, right? Yeah. And I want 
you know, I want to be supremely fit and strong by the time I hit 50, right? Because it's a journey and yeah, I'm not yeah, going to yeah, say, yeah, oh, yeah. next year, I'm, like, but supremely, like, my identity has been recrafted is what I'm saying. I don't want to do this thing where I get really fit for a year and then disappear. So I want to be supremely fit and consistently strong for, like, the next... 30, 40 years, yeah. you know what I mean? Because yeah. everything that you listen to or read around longevity of life, resistance training and strength is like, we we lose a percent of uh, muscle mass, m muscle, muscle mass, mass. Yeah. Uh, every year. Yeah. So that's it. And it's interesting because like we've said, like you said, I changed a lot since I met you. The one thing that I have started doing in the last couple of years and like, look, being in a place where I'm able to, to, to ex express myself through fashion, like from a monetary space, has been important. But it is something that I've started to do. Like I've always, like now I've really got into like expressing myself and that's come through loving myself a bit more, right? Through not being, I was gonna say not being so down on what I see in the mirror. The truth is, is that I am aware of all of the parts of me. I know that there's a part of me that thinks that when I look in the mirror, but there is also a part of me that recognizes where that comes from, what it is, and then it's like, well, let's express ourselves, you know? So I do, you know, the rings and the, like the necklaces and all of that, like, that's like my confidence in myself and being able to express myself a lot more and thinking, you know, I'm not gonna, I used to stay in my, when I got to adulthood, I stayed very central wouldn't wear to anything too expressive, didn't want to draw attention to myself because of how I thought I looked. Yeah. Whereas now, like yeah. I do like to express myself yeah. through that. Um, now I think that's cool. And, and just to say, I think if you can live into yourself authentically and show up how you want to show up, you'll be much better for it and the people around you will be much better for it. I, I, doing consultancy in corporate environments you always felt like maybe you need to show up. Like you said, you got to dress up yeah. smart, look like The Apprentice. And I used to, I used to wear like, you know, V-neck sweaters and shirts. And then I just thought, screw that, man. I'm just going to rock up in jeans and trainers. What the value you're getting is what's inside my dome, right? Like yeah. not how I look. And I think that is the epiphany moment. So for me, my sort of expression is just showing up the way I want to show up. Yeah, and expressing yourself. Yeah. I like express yourself. Dun, 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 bum, 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 bum. That sounds like a good way to finish, mate. What are you laughing at? No, that's the perfect way to end. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I've enjoyed this. Yeah, there there was on. a lot more. There was some other stuff that where we were going to go with it, but uh, listen, I think um, I think as two men talking in the way that we have, I think it's um, I think it's important. I appreciate you, brother. Bring that uh, shirt out for next Christmas episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Top man. See you on the next one. Ladies. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Khan.